Welcome to Hollywood 2.0, this is Peter Katz. On today's show, we have Matt Mason, the Vice President of Marketing at BitTorrent. We're going to be talking about the successful partnerships between the entertainment industry and BitTorrent. My background is I'm, I've been involved in the content industries and the advertising industries for many years. I wrote a book called The Pirate's Dilemma, which was um, made the point that pi- piracy is uh, sometimes an interesting business model. Um and uh, and is a place where there's really good legitimate value for all kinds of businesses. Um, and when I met Eric Klinker, the CEO of BitTorrent, he said to me that solving the pirates' dilemma was his job, and told me a bit about what they were trying to do. And it just became very clear to me that BitTorrent, the company, is absolutely the the best place in the world to influence how people uh, share and monetize content online. And we're about a year and a half into that mission and things are going incredibly well. And um, why should content creators work with BitTorrent? So I think if you look at BitTorrent, the company, we are the, we have um, an opportunity to intervene in the piracy process in a way that no other company does. Um, a lot of piracy sites use the BitTorrent protocol um, to enable people to do illegal file sharing. The BitTorrent protocol is open source. It's been open source for 10 years, and that's not something that we can shut down or control or block in any way, um, which uh, you know is, is just the reality of how, how that protocol works. Um, it's like asking Google to shut down HTTP. It's just not something that can really be done. But what we can do is through the uh, tools and the technologies that we make, which don't enable piracy in any way, um, but people do use them as download managers to download all kinds of things. When people are using those download managers, we can steer them towards licensed legal content. And we've been running experiments for the last year and a half doing just that. And what we've seen is some insane conversion rates on how people interact with legitimate pieces of content that they're offered in BitTorrent. Typically, we'll see somebody give an artist their email address or pay some money to interact with some content. We'll see people, we'll see perhaps 35% of the people offered a piece of content do some kind of, um, participate in some kind of interaction like that. And 35% is a really high number, just to give that some context. The average banner ad asking a web user to do something converts at 0.1%. So these conversion rates have convinced us as a company that there's real value here for filmmakers, for, for musicians, for content creators of all kinds. And what we're trying to do in the next year is build a publishing platform so that content creators can publish their own content into BitTorrent in a way that's safe, in a way that's legal, in a way where that content will spread through the existing BitTorrent ecosystem, which to date has been you know, mostly used for people sharing stuff, not always legally. But we look at that ecosystem and we see a new marketplace and one that could be one that's 10 years old and is where so many transactions happen every day. It's one that could be monetized and should be monetized by the content industries. And the reason for working with BitTorrent and participating in this ecosystem is simply because that ecosystem is there. And if people like your content, it's very likely that somebody's uploaded an, an illegal version of it. We can't stop people doing that. But we can prioritize your legal your legal uh, bundle of content above the results that they might get from somewhere else. So, 
we've we think we've got a very unique opportunity to kind of change the conversation and change the the um what what's possible for content creators to do in terms of director fan monetization so um please tell me some of uh, the past successful collaborations that you've had with the creative community sure i mean i think the, the kind of the earliest one for us is a, was a real proof point it was one of the first people who decided to work with this was a a uh, electronic music dj called pretty lights um pretty lights worked with this way back in it was december 2011 um he gave a he gave us a bundle of eps that he'd already released to his fans for free just to see if we could do something cool with them and what the bits are on audience what the response would be and what he asked us to do was can, can you help me collect email addresses i want to be able to i want to be able to connect with my fans directly now e email is really really important for musicians especially who are, who are really starting to figure out that having a direct connection with a fan via email is much much more valuable than having a connection with them on twitter or facebook or having them subscribe to you on spotify oh, oh why is that the case with uh, comparing email to other forms of communication yes yeah, a great question so the, the the reason that email is so valuable is because an email is a is a, a communication channel that you can own and you can take with you wherever you go you, if you have someone's email address no one's ever going to be able to block you and say to to access this person you have to pay us money so that's something that facebook routinely does with any artist that they consider big enough to be a brand if you've got more than a couple of million followers you may well get asked by facebook for to pay them in order to message those people um you know this this is something that that facebook does it, it's a useful tool for sure but is that really in the best interest of an artist is that something that an artist is going to want to invest time and money and resources building an audience there if at some point they're going to be asked to to pay money to then talk to those people so so emails are really really important thing um and what we were able to do with pretty lights back in uh, december 2011 we, we saw six million people download the ep that he gave us and of those six million people they were asked after the fact if they to get more info and some more free stuff from pretty lights to, to give them the email address and we saw a hundred thousand people actually give cascade sorry give pretty lights their email address that's a really really high number um and that's a that's an email list that pretty lights will earn money from for the rest of his career those are a hundred thousand people who want to talk to that artist who want to hear about what he's doing who are interested in buying more records buying merch going to see live shows he was able to use that email list uh, in 2012 to help set out Red Rocks twice, um, which is a, a big festival, and and we've seen Pretty Lights go on to do some some really amazing things since, and and uh, we just did another single with him, and and we're talking to him about working, uh, working again to help him promote his new album this summer. So that was the first one that really started to get people's attention. As a result of that, the music industry was very quick to start working with us. Um, in 2012, we did campaigns with people like Counting Crows. Uh, we were able to we were able to help. Um, help them get, connect with 26 million people who downloaded a sampler of their of their uh, fifth studio album, Underwater Sunshine. That that number was really important to them. What they were able to do with that was go to the uh, concert promoters booking their European tour and say, "Look, we've had 26 million people download this EP. You're talking about us as as a arena level act." we're a stadium level act and we've got the numbers to prove it so you need to put us in bigger venues and and stuff like that 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 
project actually resulted in them being able to book a much, much bigger European tour, which is a huge deal for any band. Um, from there, we went on to work with uh, DJ Shadow. Um, we helped him monetize a, uh, a bundle of content in a very direct way, where we saw 21% of people who were offered the, the uh, offered to help monetize his content actually click, yeah, I want to support the artist. For us, that was a, the number that was the most meaningful, I think, in terms of what we did last year. Internally, that convinced us that there's real value here for, for artists and, and the people using BitTorrent are not all pirates. Lots of them are really, 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 um, uh, really committed fans who, who love seeing artists show up in this ecosystem because this is where this is where they're consuming content. And, and you said DJ Shadow. When they said, was the content already created at that time? So people had a choice uh, between free and also the option to uh, spend money on it? Yeah, so the way it, it wasn't... Um, it, it wasn't that they paid directly. What we did was we had a um, we included a free trial offer of a of a media player. In most uh, territories where we did that, we worked with Real Player, and the, the message was: here's some content from DJ Shadow to support the artist. Uh, why not download this free this free uh, trial of Real Player, which which also happens to be a way that you could you could view all the video and music that. The shadow had provided for us so it was directly related to the content um but the way that sort of trial offers work i mean that's all that's all marketing and, and companies like real player pay companies um to, to put these offers in front of people so what we did was share that revenue with dj shadow and we were very explicitly in our messaging saying if you download this you will be supporting the artist they will be making some money so 21 percent of people were like yes absolutely I want to support DJ Shadow, and and that and they downloaded uh, the real player offer. And uh, I noticed that you started to make some headway with uh, your partnerships in the film industry. Yeah, we uh, we did um, a couple of really interesting releases um, last year. We did one on a documentary, uh, a mockumentary called Kumare, um, a really really <laughs> incredible film um, by a guy called Vikram Gandhi. Um, it, it, it won the uh, audience award at South by. Southwest in 2011. Um, Vikram is someone I, I knew from uh, uh, New York where I used to live and um, I was talking to Vikram and his team at Kino Lorber about this, the struggles they were have trying to get, um, try, trying to sort of uh, grow the film that the, the Kino Lorber had decided, okay, well let's open at IFC in New York. If that does well, we'll open in LA. If LA and, and New York continue to do well, um, we will open in 15 15 markets across the country. So we worked with them to put together a campaign um, where we uh, built a bundle of content that had an extended trailer, lots of great ancillary content from the film. So um, high-res photos from you know the making of the film, some MP3s, so, some other stuff that all tied into the story that uh, Vikram was trying to tell with Kumare. We offered that to our users and we were able to deliver, I think it was in just over a week, we had an email list of 20,000 people um, that we could message first people on the East Coast saying, hey, the film's coming out um, at IFC, please go and support it. It sold out IFC. That was enough for, for Kino Lorber to open in LA. We continued to run the campaign, collect more email addresses. We delivered those email addresses to Kino Lorber and to Vikram's team they were able to email the people in LA um, and sell out in LA and then 
as a result of those two things, the film was able to open in 15, uh, 15 theatres across the country. So that was a huge win for us. You know, we've seen people click and engage with digital things. What we were able to do with Kamare was actually get people to leave the house, get in the car and go to a movie theatre and pay to see a film, which is not something people think about BitTorrent users doing. Um, but in fact, if you look at your average BitTorrent user, and th these are not our figures, these are the IFPIs, the International Federation of Phonographic Industries, or the kind of global RAIA um, is, is, is sort of the best way to think about them. They, uh, they routinely do studies of um, the habits of, of people who engage in file sharing. And the figures that some of the figures that they've reported see, show BitTorrent users to be 30% more likely to go actually go and see a film or to buy a DVD or to sign up for a premium subscription service than your average internet user. So these people are real fans and they're, they're really, really interested in, in, in stuff that's put in front of them directly in BitTorrent. We saw this again uh, two weeks ago when we launched our first kind of major uh, collaboration with a theatrical release. Um, we partnered with Cinedyme on a, a new film that they had coming out called Arthur Newman, starring Colin Firth and Emily Blunt. Over the course of two weeks, um, and, and this was a very straightforward awareness campaign, it was just about making people aware of the film. What we were able to do was uh, get 2.6 million people to actually download the BitTorrent bundle, which included an extended trailer, uh, again, some, some great sort of behind-the-scenes footage and uh, photography and, and good stuff from the set of the film. So a very immersive bundle of content. Can you please repeat? Can you, really, you said how many downloads? Just want to make sure the because it's a huge number. So I just want to yeah, you repeat that. Two point six million. Okay. Um, and so I, I think you know if you compare that against in the first week, fifty eight thousand people watched the trailer for Arthur Newman on YouTube. Um, two point six million over two weeks is a is a is, is a pretty meaningful number. Of those two point six million people. Uh, we were able to track that 300,000 of those people then went um, went through the bundle and clicked to the Arthur Newman uh, website to check out more content, find out about showtimes, uh, and all the rest and all the rest of the things that you could do. So we were able to we were able to really funnel people from BitTorrent into one of the key online properties um, for marketing the film. It it almost feels it's conducive to um, that you use this asset as. Uh as a way to bring people in, but there's that synergy of other platforms that you drive them to. It almost feels that you're not extracting the dollars from their pocket with this asset perhaps, but once they're energized and motivated about it, then you could take them in almost any direction, whether or not it's a concert or mm. you take them to the theater. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've, we've been pretty, um, we, we've been pretty kind of careful about how we, how we roll these campaigns out and what we try and do. Um, we're sensitive to the fact that you know pe people in BitTorrent monetizing content directly isn't the most obvious thing or the first thing we should try and do there. That's not to say we won't try and do that um, at some point in the next 12 months because we will definitely be experimenting with that. But first and foremost, we, we wanted to just test out is this is this ecosystem a good marketing tool because it 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 seemed like it. It, it absolutely could be and and we now have empirical evidence working with a range of content creators to suggest that it is um but there's there's a number of different things we want to test out here we know that our users will reward content creators in a number of ways for their work and they're very excited to do that um so yeah we'll we'll, we'll keep pushing on that front but one thing has become very clear in the last in the last 12 months is 
BitTorrent is one of the most potent marketing tools on the internet and everybody should be using it. Now, what surprises me is that um, this read that the Columbia University researchers found out that file shares spent 30% more money on paid music content yeah. than those who don't use file sharing service. Explain how that works. It's a, it's just a huge surprise to me. Yeah, I mean, it's a surprise because people assume that everybody using BitTorrent is getting content for free. Therefore, they're not willing to pay for it. Um, but if you look at what people are doing in BitTorrent, people are looking for content in BitTorrent, but you know, it's actually quite an effort to it's actually quite an effort to find content in BitTorrent. It's certainly not the easiest way to pirate something or get something illegally anymore. There's you know cyber lockers, there's streaming services. As a company, we've very deliberately not built good tools for pirating stuff. If you're just using the BitTorrent protocol and the BitTorrent download manager that we make, you can't actually find any piracy or any pirated content at all. To find pirated content using BitTorrent, you have to download our, con our download manager. You then have to go and find something using Google or Bing or a search engine. You then might find some pirated files on um, you know, illegal file sharing sites like the Pirate Bay or IsoHunt. And then you have to download that stuff and, and you'd use the BitTorrent download manager to do that. And then to play it, you're going to have to use iTunes. So BitTorrent exists as part of a technology stack for enabling piracy only when you factor in products from Apple, products from Google, Bing, Yahoo, the HTTP protocol, and the entire kind of web architecture as well. It's not the best way to pirate something. and We've very deliberately not wanted to make a good piracy tool. It's not what we do as a company. We're not interested in that. It's not part of our business. It, we've never had a lawsuit brought against us, and the RAA and the MPA have both publicly endorsed us for our good work at not at not doing that and, and trying to steer people towards good content. Um, but if you look at the average BitTorrent user, they're really committed to trying to find the things that they want. So if you know if they if they download something, it's because they really like it and they're looking for the best quality version of that. The, the thing about BitTorrent technology, the reason that so many piracy sites use it, is because it is literally the best way of moving large files across an asymmetric architecture like the internet. That's why so many people use the open source protocol for moving large files. It's not because it's a good piracy tool. It's because it's a good way to move large files. The people that understand that, the people that are looking for the most high fidelity content um, are clearly the people who are also going to be the most interested in that content and will probably go and reward a content creator in, in another way too. So because You said reward a, a content creator, and this is what I find interesting. It almost feels that the content itself as soon as it's made, in a sense, it's diminished in value as soon as it's on the digital. When it made, not value that you can't enjoy it, but ways to monetize it. But in a sense that if you give somebody like a sample or whatever it is, and you could drive, you know, build a fan base of it, mm -hmm. you could galvanize them for crowdfunding or concerts or theatrical showing. Mm -hmm. But it almost makes it almost as a creator myself, it almost makes me feel that maybe it doesn't make sense to create the project as a whole and then try to monetize it but create something that gets people excited and then use that force that you have, this tremendous force, to drive that into crowdfunding to raise the financing to complete a feature film or an album. You know, Peter, I think that's I, I think that's one of the smartest things I've any I've heard anybody say about the sort of future of digital content. And it's something that is something that we're starting to hear more and more. So we work quite closely with a, a company called Topspin, who are 
I think probably the smartest guys out there thinking about how to monetize digital content. Um, and um, one of the things that Topspin will say to an artist um, is don't even think about recording your album until you've got 2,500 email addresses. There's literally no point in making any kind of long form content until you've engaged enough people that it's going to be, you, you're going to be rewarded for doing that. What I think we're seeing is a, a the thing that's that's really changing um, because of because of the internet because of the sort of whole digital business model that's emerged interactions where you can actually build a property with the audience then more likely to reward you along the way if they feel engaged by what you're doing and they feel immersed in that process themselves I mean we've seen so many great examples come through Kickstarter that have worked like this and we're seeing kind of echoes of that happen in BitTorrent where people people are downloading things they really like it and, and then they're going engaging with with content creators in any number of ways and they're eager to support people that they like especially when people kind of show up on the internet in ways that the, the consumers are actually using the internet so we, exactly you're not you're not forcing to buy something just because they're going to buy it i mean even uh what is it a uh, pledge music i spoke to the founder and he was saying that it's like a whole relationship business where they're selling an albums to support the creation of the album but you know it's almost like we're all working in it together to get somewhere versus it's already finished everybody now i want you to give you excuse for why you should spend money on something that a lot of people would feel like well i don't know if i want your album i could get on groove shark or i could get it here but if it's if they're in on the story then they're so much more motivated to push it forward yeah, I mean, we've seen studies. Um, we've seen studies that that indicate that people are likely to give you fifty percent more money than they would if they a directly engage with you and b that they're, that they're really part of that process um, of the actual content creation. I mean, I think what we're seeing is a huge shift in the content business. You know, it, it used to be a business of selling fast-moving consumer goods. It was like selling candy bars. It was you know, you you put out a video on MTV. And the next day, you can expect a line around the block at Tower Records um, to buy the album, and that's that's not how like, none of that distribution system or architecture or cultural framework, none of those things exist anymore. Now it's a much more relationship-based marketing thing. It's more like trying to sell somebody a car, where you have to hit them somewhere between five and eleven times before they're ready to sort of make a decision. You can't put your single out for free and expect a million people to just go and buy your T-shirt the next day. No one's going to be ready to wear your T-shirt. They need to, they need to hear some more stuff from you. They need to understand your story before they're really going to be an engaged fan. So, whatever it is that people are selling, I, I think starting with, starting with a small amount, get people engaged and and gradually kind of having a bigger and bigger conversation with them. Is something we've seen work really, really well. Um, there's so many. I mean, I think music has kind of because music sort of got hit first with all of this and had to adjust the fastest. We're now starting yeah. to yeah. see some really amazing things happen, um, especially on the music side um, with bands and artists just coming up with very, very novel ways to engage an audience. Where it's it's not about selling them a record, but it's really about selling them a story and. I think the the film industry is kind of this is the next challenge for them. Um, I remain very hopeful because you know the the film business is about selling stories. This is what what creative people in the film industry do best. So I'm very excited to see what people will do, especially with this new bits on bundle technology that we're developing.
Yeah, I mean, I think it, I mean, it makes perfect sense. And who knows, maybe they'll eventually you'll start making some real money with VOD. But it just feels like you're starting to see a lot bigger actors do smaller films. And I think it's just the economy of the business is... Is and it's great because there are more experimental, you know, roles that you would never see these actors doing. But it seems like the industry is becoming more entrepreneurial for the actors, the producer, everyone involved. They have it. They have it all on their shoulders. They're not relying on somebody to kind of rescue them. Yeah, and there's so many limitations that are going away. It was so interesting to me to see how how the episode times of House of Cards were all different lengths because that didn't really matter anymore for House of Cards, and seeing people do things that are just completely outside of the box in terms of any of the different release window models that we have. Um, we did a project last year with Topspin and um, uh, Stacy Peralta on his new Bones Brigade documentary. And the way Stacy thought about monetizing that documentary was just incredible. We, we, we did a, a sample bundle of the content through BitTorrent. Um, but working with Stacy and the guys at Topspin, we were able to see people discover the trailer in BitTorrent and go through all the way through the marketing funnel, through buying the Bones Brigade documentary on iTunes, all the way through to hitting Stacy's website and buying $600 skateboards signed by Tony Hawk. And you know the the, the skateboard was was very much part of Stacy's business model. He you know he knew that by making these films, I will at some point be able to sell all kinds of things to these really really hardcore skate fans who who loved what Bones Brigade was about. Um, and and just sort of really was able to capitalize on on that. So I think you know smarter planning, understand a deep understanding of digital marketing is I think the next thing that the film industry's really got to get to grips with. I mean this is an industry where if you look at the way marketing is done for theatrical, and the way it's done for the rest of the release window after the fact, including VOD, all of that stuff needs to change. All of that stuff isn't quite in sync with how how interactions with film happens online it's more than just hitting somebody with a trailer if you can if you can create an immersive experience and get people excited about the film without giving away all of the assets well in advance of the movie coming out then you can really start to drive um, interest this is why we see so many great campaigns um, happen at places like comic-con where people do you know people like 42 entertainment and some of the things they that have been done um from you know the stuff they did with Batman or Halo 2 and I Love Bees. There have been a few very, very iconic campaigns that really immerse people in the story, in a storyline um, well before the release of the film and help people monetize that, that film and that franchise you know, long after the fact. That doesn't just apply to like the giant tempole um, Marvel releases of the world. Like, we've done that with Bones Brigade documentary. We did that with Kumare. This is something that a low-budget documentary or a low-budget theatrical release can do too, and I think just understanding kind of the sort of the longer game now that exists around a piece of content. It's not about that. It's almost like there is there is no release window anymore. It's kind of uh, you know it's it's the launch vehicle for something. And you uh, mentioned Forty Two Entertainment, which is a transmedia company. Do you feel that there could be a lot of uh, syner uh, synergy between the transmedia storytellers? that could be working on BitTorrent? Mm -hmm. like, because it's all about migrating an audience and yeah. an expanding story world, so it seems like an obvious fit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. So 
you know, they're, they're, I'm, I'm good friends with Jeff Gomez and Caitlin Burns and, and the guys at Starlight Runner and just so fascinated by the uh, promise of um, transmedia storytelling and, and what that means for the business of telling stories. And I, I, you know, I know that the kind of the general consensus with transmedia in Hollywood that it's a, it was a buzzword. I don't think it's a buzzword at all. I think it's, I think this is the, this is something we haven't actually figured out yet at all. I think we've just started scratching the surface of what's possible in terms of how you engage an audience with a narrative. And one of the motivations behind designing the bits or unbundle is the the fact that you can put any type of content in a bits or unbundle and distribute it to hundreds of millions of people at a cost of zero dollars. To me, that is the technological leap that we needed to really make transmedia storytelling possible. And uh, when we talk about uh, the, re- uh, when we talk about the BitTorrent bundle, how do you market to, to specific people? Do you just put out there for people to find, or is there ways that you're able to reach the target demographic? I think so. Yeah, it's a good question. It's very early days. The BitTorrent bundle. We've we've literally launched one of our first prototypes of the bundle with uh, Cascade um, today where it's actually got an email gate inside the piece of content itself. So the big idea with a bundle is if you can bake the interaction into the piece of content, then you don't need to send people to a record store or to a movie theater to buy the content because you can bake the box office or the the record store into the album or into the movie itself. And then wherever that, that piece of content is distributed, whoever opens it, is given an option to pay for it in some way. That's the big idea behind bundles. It's a distributed content format. Um, and so we're, we're at the very sort of earliest stages of of working on prototypes. Then the, the point of the Cascade release today is to really figure out how do we optimize email gating for these things, just because that seems to be the first sort of piece of low-hanging fruit that we can we can build something around. Through the course of this year, you're going to start to see us test different monetization models, different pay-what-you-want models, different crowdsourcing and crowdfunding uh, models for creating and consuming content as well. So it's, it's going to be a really exciting year at Bitar and how you, how you splice up audiences and how you figure out um, how you, what you do to respond to all the, all the data that comes back. It remains to be seen. Um, the, the thing I can say for sure is that by the end of this year, we will have an, an alpha version of a publishing platform so that everybody in the world will be able to publish these BitTorrent bundles. Right now, it's a very kind of analog process. It's us working directly with a few hand-picked content creators on a series of experiments. And what, and what we're doing is, is, is doing research here so, as we build the product. So it's still, very, it's still sort of very much the early stages, but by the end of this year, we hope to have um, a tool set out there for everybody to use to kind of to, to replicate some of the results that we've seen in the last two years. That's very exciting. And um, I guess, what what is your advice to um, to creators moving forward? You know, that's kind of the last question, but it's one of, because you've come from the background where you've really cut your teeth on, you know, from the creative industry side and now you're on the tech side. So what it, what should, it was, you know, a lot of people in the content creating side, they're, they're panicking, they're nervous, what should happen next? And I imagine even the studio systems, they're feeling some challenges. Yeah. What is your advice to both sides of the equation from the indie side to the people in the studio system? So I think on the indie side, it's um, there's one thing that, that seems to be working very well for a lot of the people we work with, and that is think about your piece of content as though you were a startup. You know, if you, if you look at most of the content industries, whether you're talking about 
publishing a book or publishing an album or or making a, a documentary or or a scripted feature these are all kind of long processes that require lots of investment before you've put the content out anywhere and then the idea is you monetize that content everywhere i think the kind of the, the more iterative approach of don't cut the album until you've got 2500 fans don't think about the feature until you've got a few thousand people excited about the the, the first 10 minutes that you cut or storyboarded somewhere developing your story with an audience building the audience as you build the story is a, a new thing it's not something we've been able to do before in any of these industries but now we're starting to see all kinds of people create content um, and engage with an audience at an early stage and do these in do this kind of stuff in really interesting ways what we think we can do a bit torrent for those people is create this new bundle format that really helps them accelerate and optimize how they do on the other hand if you're george lucas we think the bundle also makes sense for you because you could literally you could put the entire star wars franchise and i'm not just talking about all the films books video games i'm talking about the cad files for all of the action figures lunch boxes whatever it was you could literally put all of that stuff inside one BitTorrent file and you could put a gate in front of that and sell it for however much you wanted and distribute that file throughout the existing BitTorrent ecosystem the the problem that we've we, we sort of face as sort of publishers and studios and labels when when thinking about something like BitTorrent is it's a completely distributed ecosystem and that's always been seen as a negative point the fact is if you can build something that's worth sharing but has an interaction in that allows people to at least be given the opportunity to give back some value to you suddenly that negative that risk becomes something that's very positive if i can make something that i don't mind giving away some portion of in order for people to share but that that sharing will increase my chances of monetizing that content then it's, pro it's probably worth doing. I mean, if, if I was George Lucas, I would do that because if you go and look on the Pirate Bay or you go and look on ISO Hunt, the Star Wars franchise is already up there in, 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 in its entirety. Why not find the real users who are looking for it and get them into one of your funnels? Why not, why not actually monetize those people and, and recognize the fact that they're fans? And I think this is, this is very counterintuitive. It's a challenging thing for us to, for, for us to communicate, but it's true, you know, and there's academic institutions around the world and the IFPI and, you know, lots of studies on this stuff that proves very, very succinctly that BitTorrent users are fans and it's worth trying to monetize them. So you know, our big idea is let's create tools for all kinds of content creators to be able to, to monetize those fans and connect with them directly because that's the missing piece of this equation as far as, as, far as we can see. All right, all right, great. Well, it was a pleasure having you on our show and um, look forward to seeing the new uh, progress with um, the BitTorrent. Great. Th Peter, thank you so much for taking the time today. All right, have a good day. Take care, you too. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hollywood 2.0. You can check me out at petercats.net, it's K-A-T-Z, and you can email me at catsfilms at gmail.com. Beautiful.